ready? When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven in the name of I want to you today on the power of revelation. The power of revelation. Heavenly Father, we ask that your word become life. Let it leap off the pages and into a heart. Let it become rhema. Anoint our mind, uh, that we can understand, our ears we may hear, our hearts we may receive. Lord, bless your word in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take dominion over the sky above, the ground I stand on, the air that surrounds us. We bind everything and rebuke everything that's not of you. And we loose, God, everything that is of you. God, all of your goodness, Lord, all the things that you have for us, we loose it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The power of revelation. I want to read uh, 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 another verse before we continue. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, this is Moses, all right? Uh, and he is speaking to God in a burning bush. And uh, then uh, in verse 13, it says this, Then Moses said to God, it's funny how he said something to God. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Here Moses was in a, uh, he was perplexed because uh, the first thing is he's looking at this bush and it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And there was a voice that's speaking to him. Now, uh, the interesting thing is, it's not that he uh, was in awe that the bush was on fire because oftentimes in the desert, these dry bushes would just combust. They just, just light up. And so that was not what was really uh, uh, causing him to question. But what was, was this bush kept burning and it was not being consumed. And there was a voice that began to speak. And here he's saying, wait, you're telling me to do all this thing. Uh, God, uh, what should I tell the children who your name is? And, G and God said to Moses in verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You know, to me, uh, here is a very difficult situation. Because oftentimes we meet people, and even in our life, that we often question is, who is your God? 
Who is that sent you? Why you are the way you are? Why do you worship this God? And oftentimes, uh, people want to put God in a title. People want to put it in a neat box and, and so they can give it to you. Oftentimes, uh, we would go on jobs and we would give people a resume. As we, we uh, go and look for a job, we are given our resume. And in that resume, usually, hopefully, it's only one page. Uh, and that resume basically describes who you are or basically who uh, or what education and what qualification uh, would meet the job criteria. Now, in that one page does not necessarily explain uh, all of you, all 35 years of you, or all 45 years of you, or all 22 years of you. However old you are, obviously that one page does not describe all of who you are. Follow me. And so you sit down and have an interview, and oftentimes the interviewer would ask the person looking for the job to explain to them why they should be offered this job. And you have a few minutes, maybe less than that, to explain to them uh, why would you be benefiting or they would benefit if they gave you this job. You know that oftentimes we see God uh, uh, and we as human beings would try to reveal God to other people uh, in our own way. And it's almost like when you meet people that have never met God, you want to give them a resume about God. And so Moses here comes in and tries to give a resume about God. He said, God, who should I tell them that you are? And he said, say that I am, that I am. That messes me up because God, what is that supposed to mean? And you know what God was saying that he says that, uh, how can you describe me in just one word? Uh, you know, all of you have a name. Everybody here, do you have a name? How can I describe all of you in just your name? Uh, I got you today thinking. How can I just say Jeremiah? How can I just say Sam, uh, Samuel? How can I just say Al? How can I say Yvonne? How can I say Adeline? How can I say Han? How can I describe all of who you are in just one word? Uh, you got me. How can I just describe you by just your name? It's because there is more to you than just a name. And so God was sitting there talking to Moses and said, Moses, if I gave you the name, then men would think that I am just this much. But if I say that I am, that means I am all-encompassing. That means I am all-revealing. That means I am all-powerful. That means I am all-first and last. That I am the one that created the heavens and the earth. I am everything and all things. Yeah. Oh. And so when Jesus asked Peter, hey Peter, but it actually this wasn't Peter, this was still Simon. And he says, hey, who, who, and he asks all the disciples, who do men say that I am? See, brothers and sisters, there's people out there in your life right now. You might have cousins that are unbelievers. You might have nieces and nephews that are unbelievers. They're going to ask you, oh, who is your God? 
And so Jesus wants to know what people talk about him. God wants to know uh, what people describe about our God. Did you know that more, there are non-believers out there that believe that Christianity, the God that we worship, it's all about money. It's all about prosperity. In America, it's all about prosperity. Big churches, big big uh, music, big bands, big, big everything. That is their definition of God, that the gospel of prosperity. Then there's the other side of it. When you go into the other countries and third world, countries. Uh, God is uh, to them uh, the miraculous God. That, that God uh, would raise the dead and heal the blind and open deaf ears. That is the miraculous God. And people say their God is powerful. And then there, you come here and people would say, you know, you believe in God, you would be blessed financially, this and that. And, and, and that can't describe all things that's God. And then, then the, the world would say, but your God, uh, Christianity God is very judgmental, that you can't do this, you can't do that. Who would want to worship a God that's always judging you? But they really can't describe our God. They can only describe a portion of our God. Just like you and me. How can they describe you uh, uh, by just your name? There is more to you than just your name. That's why when Jesus asked Peter, says, who do men say that I am? He didn't say that, uh, just, he just didn't say what is, what is just a portion of me. But then he says, who do you say that I am? Brothers and sisters, the question today that God wants you to uh, be asked is this, who do you say that God is in your life? Is he only the God that just saves, that came down from heaven and died and rose again? Is he only a God that saves you or is he really your friend? Because the Bible says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Or is he the one that uh, you, he, uh, you go to and it's just like rub the lamp three times and you'll get what you want? Is he just a God that gives you stuff and all good and perfect gift come from the Father in heaven? Of course, he is that. But is he also a friend? Is he also a healer? There is so much to God that when God, Moses asked him, he says, who should I say sent me? And he says, I am that sent you. Because surely there is more to God than just his name. There is more to God than just what he does. There is more to God than just what we can get. See, the power of revelation does this to you. It, it allows you to enter into a place with God that you've never been before. See, the power of revelation is this, that when Jesus says to Peter, he says, no, uh, people might say that you're this, and you're a healer, and you're a prophet, and all those things you are, but I know you to be the Christ. The Christ means the powerful one, the anointed one. And this is what Jesus said. He said, and, I, and he said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed. Brothers and sisters, you got to allow God to reveal himself to you spiritually. Oftentimes we live our faith by what others have told us how to live. Oftentimes we live our faith because our grandmother, our, our father, our mother. But who do you say that God is to you? If I were to ask you today, who is Jesus to you? Would you have a testimony about what Jesus is to you or who Jesus is to you? Is it just about what you've learned in your, well, my pastor said or my mom said? No. What do God tell you to say? 
Because revelation can only come when you have a relationship with him. See, revelation can only come when you spend time in relationship with God. Revelation can only come uh, because the flesh can't tell you. Other people can't tell you. Revelation can only come because when revelation comes, you become grounded in Christ and you become a person of purpose and destiny more than just person that go to church. We don't need any more people just go to church because there's a whole lot of those. But we need people that fulfill the destiny and purpose that God has designed you to be. Yes. Did you know that unless Peter, uh, uh, Simon Peter uh, had this revelation, he would still be Simon. Come on. Are you still? And Simon is the flesh. You know, Simon's the one that pulls out the sword and cuts people's ear. Simon's the one uh, that, that uh, oh, would rebuke Jesus and say, no, 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 no. Uh, Simon is the one that said, Jesus, I won't deny you, but then deny him. See, that's the flesh. But only then Peter, that through revelation, you and I become the destiny. Peter becomes a man of God and willing. How does a man that's willing to cut off people's ears and by the time Jesus uh, reveals himself and he has a revelation of God, is willing to be crucified upside down? See that? Peter didn't, Simon didn't write First and Second Peter. It was Peter who wrote because that spiritual side of him is the one that God is trying to reveal. Brother and sister, did you know that right now where you're sitting, that you're not even the person you're supposed to be yet because the person that God wants to reveal in him hasn't even come forth because we are so stuck on our fleshly things. We are stuck on what people say. We are stuck on how we are trained. We are stuck because we don't understand who we are in Christ. And the only way that you can be revealed is through the power and relationship with Jesus. Amen. See, a lot of times... Can I tell you about myself that I, I never thought I'd be in this side of the pulpit. All I wanted to do was sing. All I wanted to do was help. All I wanted to do, but you have to understand that when you have a revelation of God, the true you is not the you that you could see. The true you hasn't even been revealed yet. And your flesh has to die so the true you can come out. That's why the Apostle Paul says that uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Wait a minute, what? How can it be not you, Paul? No, he says, it is the Christ that's in me revealing the true purpose and the di destiny that is in me. That's why in God, you cannot live outside in. You have to live inside out. That's why God has to affect your spirit. Then he can affect your soul, your mind, and your will, and your emotions. Most of you that's taken discipleship. Then you can live it out physically. But we want to live it out physically into spirit. And there's no way that the flesh can ever reveal, can ever feed the things of the spirit. Did you know that revelation brings you into a place of insight? Revelation gives you an understanding most people don't understand. See, how does Jesus come and he says, hey, who do men say I am? And then he asks them another question. Okay, I hear what people say about me, but who do you say I am? You, you can't tell people what you heard other people say. You can only tell people what you've experienced. Amen. Come on. You, that, you know what religion is? Religion is ritualistic things that you've never experienced. You just do the emotion, but you have no relationship. Yeah. 
See, relationship gets you in a place where no matter what happens, rain, shine, a flooding, uh, uh, you going through hell and high water, you're still with God because you're never going to leave God. That you will always walk with God no matter what. I, I know of a man that told me that, uh, that he is married to someone that had literally, when they were married, they were Christians. And that person was a Christian. But today, they rejected God. And they told them, he said, no matter if you reject God or not, I would never leave God. How does a man come to that place that his spouse would leave God? And he himself said, so if you leave God, that's you. But I, I love God and I can never believe leave him. You know why? It's because in one aspect, a person knows rituals, and another aspect, a person knows relationship. Right. Brothers and sisters, we need relationship. Because when you are in relationship with God, then he'll give you insight into who he is. That's why you can't describe God in one word. And I, the only way I can describe God in one word is the word love. Yes. That's it. But love is all-encompassing. Love is powerful. Love changes things. Love builds homes. Love uh, takes the lost and bring them in. Love takes the needy and bring them in. That word is powerful. Love is the one that was willing to take in strangers and heal those that are sick and feed those that are hungry. Love is, it is a person that takes in the naked and clothes them. Love is a person that is willing to forgive those that are unforgivable. Brothers and sisters, you can only have that insight if you have relationships. You have to be connected. You have to have a connection with the Lord. It can't be a connection with just me or the leaders. It can't be just a connection of say, well, uh, I go to church. No, 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 no. Because church is good, but relationship is what gives you life and revelation. Did you know that you are more than just a nurse? You are more than just an engineer. You are more than just a chemist. You are more than just a therapist. You are more than just a father. You are more than just a husband. You are more than just a mother. You are God's revealing himself to the world. And until you can get the power of that revelation of your identity, you will forever be ruled by your flesh. See, Simon didn't have the identity. He didn't know who he was until God says, from this day, you are called Peter. See, Peter and Simon are two different people in one body. How many of us, and I don't need you to raise your hand, how many of you that one day you feel very spiritual, another day you feel very flesh? One day you're very kind. Oh, I love. You ever meet those? Oh, I love. Oh, God is so good. Next day say, God ain't doing nothing. How many times we are like that? We are actually two in one. You know, it's, it's funny. When you marry a Christian sometimes, you get two for one. You know, the ladies come and they're like, oh, my fiance looks so good. Right? And in the outward, he looks good. But then inside, when you get to marry him, you realize, wait a minute, I got another person. And I've got two for one. You didn't know that when you marry somebody, sometimes you get two for one. And hopefully, the one that's inside them is godly. Because if that person inside them is godly, then you'll benefit from the life. See, God is not interested in your flesh. That's why everything that's born of the flesh is of the flesh. God wants the spirit because spirit brings life. Why do you think he gave us the Holy Spirit? Oh, brothers and sisters, you know, you know who died on the cross? 
is Jesus, right? He was flesh. That's why it had to die. You can't crucify the Holy Spirit on the cross because you can't kill what's of the Spirit. Oh, yeah. See, get your thinking cap on. See, when you are of the flesh, it will eventually die. But when you are of the Spirit, it shall live. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit is what carries you to the next generation. The Spirit is what God is trying to get. Stop trying to live your life by what you see and what you hear and what you can taste and what you can touch. But start living your life by faith. Because not, that things that are not of faith is sin, according to the Bible. What? So, relationship. See, when you have relationship, it's more than just uh, uh, having relationship through someone else. Have you ever met somebody... Or have you ever done this and somebody you, is pretty well known and you, you know, and they go, yeah, I know a friend that knows them. And you're all like, yeah, but you don't really know them, you know, uh, uh, or, or you see them on TV and you think you know them. But when you meet them in person, you're like, oh, really? I remember uh, my former pastor, she, she loved Sylvester Stallone, you know, my, my spiritual mom, she loves Sylvester Stallone, like. Wow. Sorry, mama. You're watching. But anyway, she loved and she said, until I met him in person, he's short. I was kind of disappointed. You know, it's a, you know, when we watch people on TV, we really think we know them, but we really don't know them. Because the only way you can know someone is really spend time with them. You cannot know God through someone else. You can only really know him through him. And that person can lead you to them and introduce you to him, but you cannot know God unless you spend time with God. And when you spend time with God, you get insight. See, the other thing we understand is you get a spiritual connection. See, here Simon gets a spiritual connection, meaning what? That he has the frequency of heaven. He's in tune with heaven. He's in tune with the things of faith. You know, I, I don't know if you know anything, but everything in life has a frequency. Yeah. I heard this from another pastor. He said, everything in life has a frequency. Did you know that our body has a frequency, that it, it vibrates at a certain speed? Every, everything has a frequency. And once you tune into that frequency, then you get God's attention. See, when in the spirit, you get a frequency of heaven. What is the frequency of heaven? It is how the Holy Spirit's moving. That's why when you have religion, it's dead. But when you have life, it moves. See, anything that has life moves. It looks like it's dead, but it's actually moving. Everything has a frequency. Everything has a tune that you have to be spiritually connected with the things of the spirit. See, you can't have revelation and not be connected. You can't have revelation and not be in tune with God. That's why prayer is so important. Need to be praying so God can reveal. How do people know the things they know unless they spend time? Brothers and sisters, don't spend time in religious rituals, but spend time in relationship experience with the Lord. See, Peter... We know Peter now, but the reality is he was flesh. How does a person become P Simon and Peter? Simon and Peter. Simon. Two and one. One and two. 
Because one side of him is fighting the nature of his flesh. And the other side of him is trying to come out as Peter. Because Peter is the one that walked on water, remember? But Simon is the one that's trying to cut people's ears. Peter's the one that went into the Mount of Transfiguration. But Simon's the one that rebuked Jesus. Uh, Simon's the one that uh, is, is, is saying, God, I'll never deny you. But then he denies him three times. Simon is the one uh, that, uh, that was always hot-tempered. But Peter's the one that reveals God and stands up before the crowd and speaks life and 3,000 people come to the Lord in one day. Brothers and sisters, there's always an identity crisis in each and every one of us. Did you know that there is part of you that is your name, but then there's a true you? And the true you can only be revealed by the God in you. And the God in you is trying to kill the flesh of you so that the true you can come through. And when the true you comes through, then you walk in excellence and power and that God can reveal. That's why the true you would never give up and he keeps going. The true you isn't easy because God has called you to a purpose and a destiny. The problem with most of us is we have a spiritual identity crisis because only can God can reveal to you who you're supposed to be. And that's why God says only my Father in heaven can reveal this to you. Now, how come only Peter got that understanding? You ever notice that in church, that there are people that go to the same church? They go to the same church, listen to the same pastor, but then one person just goes crazy for the Lord. They're on fire. They're, they're, they're just doing things that's incredible. They're, they are blessed spiritually. They are blessed everywhere. And the other person's like, God ain't doing nothing. I don't even know why I go to church. I'm not getting blessed. Really? God just gave you a brand new house. God gave you a nice, you got, you got everything that uh, people are like jealous of you because you got so much blessing. I remember a pastor said one time that this person came and complained to him, said, you know what, God, God isn't good and God isn't great. You know, and, and I'm going through all this. And he said, really? Okay, since he isn't, let me pray for you. He goes, wait a minute. But before I pray, this is what I'm going to pray. He goes, I'm going to ask the Lord to remove all the blessing from your life. And he's like, oh, pastor, don't do that. He goes, I'm going to ask him to take all the blessing that he's given you. See, oftentimes we are always in the flesh because we want to see what God has told us to be. Or people to tell us what to be. And God is sitting there saying, I'm not worried about the flesh in you. I'm worried about the spirit in you. And you can only come to the purpose of the destiny of God when he reveals it from the heaven into your life. Brothers and sisters, the power of revelation isn't about getting stuff. The power of revelation is about who you will become as a man or a woman that would change this world. Did you know that revelation is so powerful that uh, when, uh, when God revealed this to P uh, Simon, he becomes Peter. That a man that was once selfish and hot-headed becomes willing to die upon the cross himself. Peter died upon the cross being crucified upside down. How does a man come to that revelation and say, you know what, I'm not worthy enough to even die like the master. But if you would crucify me, just put me upside down and I'm willing to go. Because what we don't realize is this life that we live, uh, there is a place in heaven that is forever. 
And he said, you know what? This flesh needs to die because I'm not worried about this flesh. I'm worried about this man where inside me, where is he going? Did you know that most people have the revelation that when you have revelation, it can change the world? Did you know that when you have revelation, it would change your family? When I came to Christ and I really understood God, how to love my wife, did you know that it began to change my marriage? And I'm not bragging about me because we still have things. But when I began to think about my wife as somebody that I'm supposed to have authority over and, and had kind of like dominate because all we read is husband or wives submit unto your husband, right? And that's all we read. But what I realized is the more I die to my flesh, the more I die to Lom, then, then God, the LT in me came forth. See, when I had that, what I realized is I'm not worried about my wife submitting when my flesh is dead. She will submit to God. And when she submit to God, then she will submit to me. And there is not a fighting of saying, woman, why don't you submit? I don't have to worry about that. Because when you love somebody, and God is sitting there saying, if you would get a revelation of who I am, if you get a revelation of who I am in you, and I'm trying to speak and pull out the spiritual side out of you. The power of revelation can change your life. It can change your marriage and get you into places you never got. See, what happens is we are trying to kick down doors, and that's the flesh. The, the, and we are trying to do things with our own ability and our intellect. But God said, if you would just release yourself from your flesh and come into me, I will open doors you never have to touch. If you would just release, release yourself to me and say, God, I, I have to trust you. The problem is the trust issue is the problem. We really don't trust God. That's why we question God. And I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not blaming. Even for me, there are days that God, why did you do this? Why did you allow this to happen? And But I know that all things work together for good for those that are called according to his purpose. See, what God revealed to Peter or Simon hasn't come to fruition yet. Did you know that Jesus in the flesh, never saw the true Peter that he spoke about until he got to heaven. You know what? Jesus, when he was in the flesh, he saw Simon denying him. Peter, when Jesus was in the flesh, it wasn't until Jesus went to heaven and the Holy Spirit came. Then he saw the prophetic Peter stand up and begin to preach. And 3,000 men, 3,000 people were added to the church. Oh, brothers and sisters, there are times in your life that what you see now is not going to be revealed until much later. But what you have to begin to do is saying, God, every day I must die to myself. And trust God that he will do it for you. It is the hardest thing as a man for us to let go. I want to give you these four things again. Relationship is, helps you to have the power of revelation. Relationship will reveal to you things that you've never heard. Did you know that uh, who here has ever spent time with another person? And when you spend time with them, you will, they reveal something about themselves. You're like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were in the military. I didn't know you had this skill. I didn't know you played trumpet. I didn't know you played in Carnegie Hall. I didn't know. 
but you don't know until you spend time. See, relationship gives you the power of access. Well, because when you are revealed about something, people give you access into their life. Oh, God. If, if God has, can reveal to himself to you, he gives you access to his power. Because he says that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You know that word keys there in, in the spirit is authority. That means that once you know God and he reveals himself, he gives you the keys and the revelation into the power that he has for you and I. Because in the very beginning, he said that I will give them dominion. If you're being dominated, then you're not really having the keys of the kingdom. Because dominion has nothing to do with physical thing. Dominion means this is, you just live it. You know, like when you come to my home or I go to your house, I never have to say, whose dominion is this? <laughs> right? It's, right? It's true. Right? When I come to your house, I already know. And so when you invite me to your home, you don't sit there and say, you know, this is my domain, Pastor. I rule this place. You don't have to tell me that. Has anybody ever done that to anybody? You know, I've done that to my kids. They think they own the house. No, no, this is my house. I pay the bills. When you pay the bills, then you can have dominion. Right? But nobody questions that. When, I, when you invite somebody to come over, you don't sit every time they come over, you know this is my house? Do you know this? I have dominion here. Nobody asks that. It's, see, in the same way in our life, we have to understand that we are, when we are in relationship with God, you have the right and you have the access to God's power. Stop talking about that I don't know what to do. God has given you the power. He says that I have given you dominion over the earth. Start having dominion over your home. Take authority over your life. Take authority and say, God, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Because I have the most times dominion. You have insight. When you have insight, when you have a relationship, you have insight to people. Have you ever met somebody and people really don't know them? They talk about them. Goes, yeah, I know so and so, but do you know they don't know this the way they talk? <laughs> yeah. I remember a friend of mine, or Pastor uh, Doug Stringer. He said he he went to this conference, right? And this guy was going going on and on about a man named Doug Stringer, and <laughs> Doug Stringer was talking to the man. He goes, yeah. He goes, you really know Doug Stringer? He goes, yeah, I do. He's real close to me. And Doug Stringer is the one talking to him. Isn't that funny? See, sometimes we talk about God, but we really don't know God. Because if you really know God, he gives you insight to things most people would never know. That's why the word of God becomes Revelatory. See, the power of revelation gives you access. The power of revelation gives you insight. The power of revelation allows you to hear the things of the spirit, which is the frequency. You get to tune in to the spiritual radio. You get to hear things. You get to know things. It's funny, today uh, I was talking to Sister Ellie over here, and I was talking about her daughter who lives in Brazil, and I said, the first time I laid eyes on your daughter, God showed me these things, and she goes, oh, Pastor, you know her, and I don't know her, but God gave me insight to her, 
and help to bring her out of where? Because why? When you have relationship, when you have revelation, when you have that, you begin to be tuned into the frequency. Are you tuned into the frequency of the destiny that God has for you? And lastly, the power of revelation keeps you going. It keeps you going. It does. See what it, I want you to look at it with me in uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want you to say according to the power in, that works in me. Wait, wait. According to the power that works in me. Wait, so you're telling me that this word is telling us that there is power that's working in you? And if there's power that's working in you, then you have access to the supernatural. So if I need to be plugged in, how much power do you need for your dreams to happen? See, the problem is we don't realize that there is power in us and we have access to that power. When you have access to that power, it reveals who you are in Christ. But the, because we have no relationship and relationship allows you to have insight and that insight begins you to be tuned in and when you tune in, you have access and the problem is, we don't know how much power we have because all we do is listen to other people instead of what God has for our life. See, most people don't know that there's power. And if you had the power, what would you do with it? Think about it for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. That power that's in you is so powerful it can change nations. It can change your family. But we keep listening, say, you can't do it. She'll never come to God. He'll never come to God. You'll never get this. You'll never get that. You'll never get a job. You'll never. Stop listening to you'll never. And start listening to God. And the power of revelation keeps you going. Did you know it's exciting to be revelatory? It's exciting to have revelation. You know, have you ever met somebody that's so interesting and they reveal themselves to you? Don't you want to keep going? Don't you want to keep having that relationship? Don't you want to keep having that connection? Don't you want to have them in your life? Yes. Because that revelation keeps you going. Brothers and sisters, don't get caught up in identity crisis. You know, there are some of you and some of us, including myself, we have two in one. There are days that we, we are full of God and there's days that we don't know what we're doing. There are days that say, I'm in love with Jesus and there's days that say, God, I can't find you. <laughs> and we laugh because we know it's true. Yes? There are days that we want to be married and there's days that I wish I was single today. Yes? There's days that was like, man, I... Uh, I uh, there's days where I wish you didn't have kids. And then there's days where I say, man, the best thing I ever had was kids. There's days when I get jealous of these young couples. They're flying all over the world and I got kids. Can't go anywhere because my kid's still in diapers. And it's hard because I'm not dragging 
diapers up on the airplane. There are days because everybody deals with identity thing. But God is trying to kill you and reveal you. That doesn't make sense. But the true you hasn't even been revealed yet. Did you know why the enemy fights you so hard? It's because if you're real you that God created for this purpose in this time in, of history, if it really reveal you, the devil can't stop it. Think about the greatness of people that you know. They didn't even have to be Christians, but when they know who they are, they become very powerful. They become godly. Revelation is power. Brother and sister, revelation is power. I'll give you a great example. Look at all the technology people, the guys and the ladies that start these powerful tech companies. I mean, who would have thought to come up with ride sharing? Think about it for a minute. That you, that you could go to work and on your app offer somebody a ride and they'll pay you to go downtown with you. I mean, who? That's powerful. Think about it for a minute. That revelation is so simple, but it's so powerful. And now we have companies that's built called Lyft and Uber because some person came up with this. Hey, all these cars are running around. Why don't we just give people an option to share their car? Duh. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. That revelation changed the world. Brother and sister, what revelation is in you that would change the world? What revelation? Start spending time. I'm trying it too. I'm saying, God, reveal in me the power of revelation, the power of identity. Why has God, God got me here? Because the reality is, the Bible says that, you know, uh, perspective is the key. Let me tell you something that I learned from uh, uh, Bishop Jakes. He said that, you know, when the Bible says that we, he is the vine and we are the branches. And did you know that, real quick, did you know that the grape is stuck to the vine, right? And so when they break the, they, they take the, uh, the grape from the vine, the grape's perspective is saying, I'm dying because I was connected, but now I'm disconnected. And in the grape's eyes, now it's being put under men's feet and being crushed, right? And that aspect of dying and now that pressure of being crushed See, it can only see, you and I can only see the, the moment of time. At that moment, there's pain, there's separation, there's pressure, there's crushing. But it forgets that the final result is greater than while it was hanging on the vine. Because nobody is willing to pay $100, $200, sometimes $1,000 for a bottle of wine uh, for that grape. Nobody's willing to pay $1,000 for one grape or a, bu a, a, a bunch of grape. Nobody's willing to pay $1,000 for a basket of grape, but they're willing to pay $1,000 when that grape has gone through the crushing and the brokenness and the separation and sitting in the dark in barrels and people have forgotten them. But 10 years, 20 years later, they bring out the barrel of wine. They said, oh, we'll bottle it up. And people will spend $1,000 for this bottle of wine. You're telling me that grape's perspective is saying, now I'm stuck in this barrel for 10 years. What will I become? 
Brothers and sisters, oftentimes we get that in our life that we really don't know and we are stuck and we think that God has forgotten us in the back corner of some church. God's forgotten us because of this. But God's sitting there saying, while you feel disconnected, while you feel stepped on and pressure, while you still, while you feel lonely, I'm trying to reveal because when the end product comes, everybody would want you. Let us stand. Let us stand. Heavenly Father, we pray, God, for your people. Lord, I pray that the power of revelation will hit them. God, the power of revelation will help them to understand that there is more that they have in them than what they see in front of them. Lord, help us to have the revelation because revelation allows us to have power and access. Bless your people. Lord, for those that are watching us, listening, Help them to understand that there is more in them than they are in the world. There's more for them than, than there are against them. So God, we ask this afternoon for those that want to, we open up the altars. If you want to, you feel led to come and just spend a few moments as they sing this song. Bless you.